before. Um, God just put something real specific um, in my heart and just kind of spoke this scripture to my heart. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're living in unusual times. You know, things are very, very different, very unusual. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing things that I never thought I would see and uh, regularly astonished at, uh, you know, just what's going on. But, you know, God already told us it was going to happen. So, you know, it's no surprise to Him, you know. And, and there's a way to navigate it, you know. There's a way to, to, to roll through it and to, uh, to overcome and to live in a, in a place of victory and to help as many people as you can along the way. Um, in, in Matthew 24, in verse 12, Jesus speaking, um, you know, speaking about the future, speaking about things to come, speaking prophetically, he makes this statement that I, I, I really feel is uh, extremely relevant uh, to the time that we're living in. And in Matthew 24 and verse 12, it says, Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I think that's such a, it's just kind of a sad statement, you know? Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And now, you've got to understand this word love is not, it's not filio, this is not eros, um, this is agape. So this is talking about believers, you know, you can't have agape love anyway but being one with Christ. Uh, it's, a, it's the unconditional God kind of love. And so that's, it, this is addressing believers. It says, because lawlessness will abound, the agape love of many will grow cold. And so um, I want to talk about, it says of many, it doesn't say of all, you know. Um, there's always um, a way out. There's always uh, a way around these things. And uh, uh, certainly there's always an element of rescue in the miraculous when it comes to the Lord. But God's primary form of deliverance is wisdom. You know, He's like, I got a way that you can walk where you don't have to be uh, one of those whose love has grown cold. Uh, you can be those who, who, who refuse to entertain this. And so, um, you know, and so that's what we want. And so, but what I want to kind of begin talking about is, is because lawlessness will abound. Now, you know, you know, if you are someone who's hearing the gospel on a regular basis and, and uh, you understand the new covenant's not based on works, based on grace and faith, you know, you'll, you'll hear um, people, you know, grace preachers or whatever you want to call them, make statements like, you know, we're not under the law, uh, we're under grace, which is a very true statement. But when we're talking about not being under the law, uh, we're specifically referencing the law of Moses for justification and for blessing. Um, you, uh, we're no longer under the law, but we are now under grace. And we're not under the law of Moses. In order to be justified, you can't be good enough to earn right standing with God. You, you also can't earn any of God's blessings either. They're all uh, for free through Jesus, uh, by grace, through faith. And so um, that's what we're referencing. But there, there are, you know, what it's referencing here, we're talking about lawlessness, is not talking about that. Uh, we do have laws uh, in the New Covenant. Uh, it's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Um, that, and these laws aren't over us to attain. These laws are written in our hearts. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of love, the law of liberty, the law of faith. All of these things are intertwined by the Spirit of God to where, how many know that, that love uh, will constrain me and keep me from doing something? Yeah. 
I mean, you know, love will make me do something. Um, I love it when love is in the driver's seat of my life. I have found that I'm happier. I really am. And, um, and the more I can stoke this love and get it going and rolling, um, the, the, the simplest, most mundane things in life become so beautiful. You know, because what, what love does is it, it sets you free from yourself and it causes you to live for something other than yourself. And love causes you to, to not be on the take, but to be on the give. And life lived on the give is a life worth living. Life lived on the take is where fear is Lord and, and fear is in the driver's seat of, of someone's life. And so um, I know that when, when I am really flowing in love, um, I'm a, man, I'm a better husband, um, I'm a better father, I'm a better friend, I'm a better pastor, um, I'm, a better, I'm a better person in line in Kroger, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a better driver, you know what I'm saying? Like every aspect of my life, because love is what's leading me and compelling me, and, and, and so, you know, if we take an individual and they are totally dominated by love... This person doesn't need any laws to control their behavior. Because everything that they do, like when we get to heaven, there's not going to be a plaque where it's, you know, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't drive, you know, all of heaven will be ruled by the love of God. <clears throat> and, um, and so we, we as new covenant believers, we're not under the law of Moses, but we have, we have, we have, we have things that, <clears throat> that compel us and constrain us and lead us. And uh, ultimately, as a New Covenant believer, how many know that, that um, in all honesty, uh, our lives should reflect the beauty of heaven out of a place of relationship? And in all honesty, how many know that under the love of God, um, it should take us farther than legalism could ever take us? Amen? I found that, that, that as I've realized the, the New Covenant and the love of God... Um, the, 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 the things in my life more perfectly ref, reflect Jesus than they ever did in legalism because in legalism is my own strength. And so um, when we talk about being law, this, this aspect of lawlessness as a new covenant believer, you do have things that govern you and it's your relationship with the Lord and the love of God. We're not going to spend a lot of time there, but I want to talk about that because I think a lot of times people will you know, make that accusation against people that are in grace and, you know, and say they're antinomian, which means anti-law. And actually we're not. We're just not under that old law. We have laws that are written on our hearts now. So this lawlessness is not what this is talking about. This lawlessness um, is in reference to someone living without any type of restraint whatsoever. And, um, you know, which is really, that's the place where the, f- the flesh grows and becomes rampant. And, uh, you know, mankind can grow to a place where, you know, from afar off, humanity doesn't look much different than the animal kingdom. Uh, the strong survive, the strong take what they want, and the weak are slaughtered. And um, that is what this lawlessness is talking about. And there, there is a representation of lawlessness in America that I never thought I would see. Um, it's It's astonishing. Um, the absence of restraint. And um, it's ugly, and it's evil, and it's on all sides. You know, you can't just point a finger at, at one race or, you know, one anything. It's, it's on all sides because the enemy's the author behind it. Um, it you know, don't, don't, I would say, be, be careful 
just remember who your enemy is. You know what I'm saying? The devil. You know what I'm saying? And the doctrines of the de- of devils. You know, even the people that are operating in lawlessness and are doing horrible things. How many of you need Jesus? So you get saved, man. Look at look at the man of the Gadarenes. The, you know, this man was possessed by five thousand devils. No chains could hold him. Um, and he operated in a place of extreme lawlessness. But he spent just a little bit of time around Jesus, and he was seated at the Master's feet, fully clothed, totally in love, say, hey, I just want to follow you. Where can I go? You know, where do you want me to be? You know, and so Jesus, um, he's the answer to these hurting people. Who are hurting people? And, um, and, and so, you know, remember who your enemy is. Your enemy's not flesh and blood. Your enemy's not legalism. Your enemy's not... Any of those things. And so, but this is happening, okay? Right now, as we speak, Jesus prophesied it. We're seeing it. Um, we've seen it in, in, in the rest of the world, you know, and, uh, and I don't think it's astonished us so much, but, you know, our country was just founded in, in such a biblical, awesome principles that we've managed to maintain freedom probably longer than any other organized nation in the earth. And it's because of the godly principles that uh, this, this nation was was founded upon, but now we're seeing this lawlessness thrust its way um, into the land of the free. And um, some people may call it freedom, but it's not freedom. It's rebellion, and it's evil, and it's it's from hell. Um, And so, but it's happening. And so because it's happening, what what is happening as a result of that is this is the love of many will grow cold. And so what, what... the, the thing that you really need more than anything in your life, how I many you know that God is love? Amen. And, and um, you need the love of God. You need it flowing to you, and you need it flowing through you. And, because it's the only thing that never fails. How I many you know faith fails? Prophecy fails? Anger fails? All these things fail. This is the one thing that Scripture says it never fails, and the reason it never fails is it's God. God is love. And, um, and so, what I don't need in my life, and what you don't need in your life, is in a time of such tremendous turmoil, in a time of such tremendous, you know, just craziness and instability, I don't need the one thing in my life that doesn't fail to grow cold. If anything, I need my love in this season um, to be stronger and hotter and more powerful than it's ever been. Because, um, you know, and, and, and many times love in Scripture is, is, is uh, and we're going to look at a couple of Scriptures to look at it, but it's, it's referred to in a, in a bit of a temperature gauge, you know. Um, in, and we don't have to turn here now, but First Peter 4, 7 says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. Fervent, hot love. And um, this love that God's placed in you, it'll burn through anything. It'll burn through rebellion. It'll burn through mistakes. It'll burn through anger. Um, it'll, it'll burn through anything because it's more powerful than anything uh, that it faces. But the enemy would want to bring, take that power away from the believers. Now, this, this agape love that I'm talking about, it's not for the unbelievers. Unbelievers cannot walk in agape love. Uh, they can walk in filio, they can walk in, in eros, uh, you know, filio being brotherly love, eros being you know, sexual love, romantic love. Uh, but this agape love, it's reserved for the kingdom. Um, and uh, so much so that, you know, the word's only used a couple times in Greek secular literature 
because it, it's just not something that, you know, it's, I think it's only used like just a few times. Um, and because this word was coined uh, for the kingdom. It's an agape love. It's the God kind of love. And so um, the enemy doesn't want that operating in your life because when you're walking in love, you're making a difference. You're part of the answer. You're not a part of the problem. And so the enemy needs to shut that off in you. Because if he can turn that light low and he can make your heart cold, you won't look much different than the world. Look just like them, just different t-shirt, different bumper sticker, different places you go on Sunday, but look pretty much about the same. And um, how many know that Christians can be just as much a part of the problem as non-Christians? You know, sometimes more so, unfortunately, because of legalism. But um, So we don't want our love to ever grow cold, and we certainly don't want it to grow cold in the time that we're living in. And so we want to circumvent this, we want to go around this, we want to get wisdom from the Father to not allow this to happen. Now, the beauty of the kingdom is whatever mistakes have been made, I'm actually cold for the first time in the history of church. I'm cold. So can, we help, can you turn that thing down just a little bit? Y'all probably did it to me on purpose. <laughs> We're going to make you cold. <laughs> Y'all, you're always making us cold. We're making you cold. Amen. Praise God. I was trying to fight my way through it, but I thought, no, man, I'm just cold. I'm cold. Praise God. See, because my heart is cold. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, we want to go around this. We don't. We don't want. We don't want to. We don't want to end up like that. And there's a way around it. We don't have to. It says the love of many will grow cold. It doesn't say that the love of all will grow cold. Now, the reason. Oh, so unbelievers can operate in this. Only believers can operate in this. They're all invited into it. All they got to do is receive the Lord. Uh, how many know the world uses the word love a lot? And they and it's and, and it, it looks attractive compared to legalism, you know, um, but it's it's a lie. Um, th- this 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 new age concept of love, where there's no such thing as right, there's no such thing as wrong. Um, there there's there's no you know truth is relative. Uh, there's no real truth, and everything's okay and everything's acceptable, except Christianity. Um, that that's not real love, and so. Don't allow the enemy to steal love from you because the world has perverted the use of love so many times. Because I see some believers pushing back against love. It's almost like a flag point. Oh, they're talking about love? Well, they've they got to be off. No, no, no. God is love. You know what I'm saying? It's all throughout Scripture. God's the one that created it. Um, but, and, and so uh, there is a right, there is a wrong, and uh, there is a real love. And how many know real love will correct you? When real love sees a drowning man, real love doesn't say, you're okay, you're awesome, you're going to be fine. I mean, that's not real love. Real love says you're drowning, you need help. You're drowning, you need help. You know, it, what, what, if, what if someone, you know, brought this kind of fake concept of love to me when I was a drug addict? Said, oh, it's okay, you just go ahead and use drugs. It's okay, keep snorting cocaine. It's all good. The Creator loves you, you know, just, just go ahead, you're fine. Everything you're doing is okay. I mean, I'd be dead today. Literally, I would be dead. So love said, what you're doing is wrong. And there's a way out. His name's Jesus. You don't have to live like that. And so I just want to clarify that because the waters of, um, uh, of the clarity on what love actually is are pretty muddied right now 
Because I think what the enemy tries to do, you know, through New Age is he tries to paint this beautiful picture of love that's fake and then, then, and then contrast it with legalism. See, if I look at legalism and I look at New Age, New Age is more attractive. From a, not for me personally, but I'm saying like from someone who knows that legalism is wrong. Someone who knows that... Um, how many you know it, it's more attractive to be accepted than rejected? It's more attractive to be embraced than rejected. You know what I'm saying? And so the enemy's, you know, he, he drawn a pretty, pretty slick lie. And how I many he works both sides of the field? And, and he does. And so legalism is pushing people out of Christianity into a new age concept of love that's not real love and actually tells drowning people they're fine. We won't walk down that road. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that real quickly. But the real agape love of God is a fatherly love that will love you and correct you and save you and help you. And so um, it says, and I'll read it again, because lawlessness will abound. How many of y'all are seeing that? Okay. The love of many will grow cold. Now, how does it grow cold? Well, there's a couple ways that it grows cold. And, and I think one of the ways that it tries to run cold uh, is this. It runs cold from receiving love from God. Because I mean, it always begins with us receiving love from God. And one of the things that will attack your concept of the goodness of God, probably more than anything else, is injustice. It's like, Lord, if you are love, then why is this happening? You know, if you are love, then, you know, why are these awful things happening? And, you know, what's going on here? You know, I think that everyone has dealt with that to some level or degree. The enemy's always trying to put a question mark in the back of your mind concerning the goodness of God. He's been doing that since, since the creation of, of mankind. He did it with Adam and Eve. And so, um, but how I many you know that, that, that really understanding that we've been given a free will, we've been given the opportunity to choose, and, uh, you know, the, a part of creation is that God has, has allowed us to choose. And how I many you know that, you know, I mean, you know, even my background, I've had, you know, I had, had family members and, you know, you know that, that chose things that tremendously impacted my life in a very negative way that was never God's will for my life. You know, some of the baggage that I went through, some of the horrible things that we've happened were a result of other people's choices. And how I many know oh, that's not God's fault? It's not God's fault my dad never wanted anything to do with me. It, that's on my dad, you know. Uh, but really, it's not even on my dad. It's on the devil. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's always the enemy's fault. But it's not God's fault. But I do think that as injustice and lawlessness abounds, it, will, it can cause people to question the goodness and the love of God. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever, y'all ever been through a really rough patch in your life and, and it just, just, you know, just caused you to, to question God's love for you and God's goodness. You know, God, if you love me, why, why don't you rescue me from that, you know? And, um, and I talk about this a lot because I think this is something that, that people deal with a lot, and I think that it's something that people don't really like to talk about in church, you know, because they don't have all the answers for it. Um, but and, but, but I'll, I'll say it again, um, you know, we're, once we finally do get to heaven and we, 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 we see how the goodness of God and we see Him for who He truly is, we're going to find out that all those situations and scenarios and all that, those rough patches that we went through, He delivered us out of far more than what we went through. And, um, and, that, and that He's far better than what we realize. And, you know, of course, the context that I always try to bring is, you know, me trying to convey to Eli why he's got to change his diaper. You know, I can't, amen, I can't convey it to him. 
You know, sometimes I just got to snag him, wrestle him down, and change his diaper without his permission. Like we were trying to tell him the other night, well, I'm not even going to go into it. But anyway, yeah, praise God. Um, but, but there are things he can't understand yet. And so he's got to take it on blind obedience. So even the same way, even for you know, teenagers and stuff like that. It's a lesser degree, but there's some things you just can't really get them to understand. You're just like, look, just do this because, because I said so. <laughs> I love you and, and know that I love you. I know you don't understand this, but this is for your best. You know, I think in the same way, how much more so an eternal, omnipotent, all-powerful God trying to convey it to finite human minds. Where we see this, he sees everything. And so I do believe that once we get there, we're going to find out that he was far better than what we realized. But how many know in the midst of that, there are some people that, whose love can grow cold because they're upset at God because of the things that have happened. And their hearts are hurt and their hearts are broken. And, and so I think that's one way that love can grow cold. How many know that, that, that he is the source of our love? And it begins there. But then the next thing, is, you know, and, and this is in conjunction with this, is giving love to others. Um, because we, we see such you know, injustice and lawlessness and all of that, that it can bring you over into a state of anger and fear and offense. And, and, and what it can cause you to do is, is demonize people rather than see people that, that, that are hurting. Okay? Now, um, and, so, and so what can happen is, I'm carrying something powerful that these hurting people need. But because it's covered, and it's grown cold, um, I, I've become an antagonist and an enemy to them, rather than a helping hand in the light that I'm called to be. How many of you are called to be light? You're called to be salt. You're preservative. You're different. You're going to be different. You're going to go... And walk different than the way the world walks. But I think that believers, we can get so angry and so offended at things that are going on that our primary go-to is not the love button, it's the anger nuke button. You know, nuke them! We mad at them. Now, I say all that, and I also want to make sure that I say this. Take a stand for what you believe. I'm not telling you to compromise what you believe. I'm not telling you to be a doormat I'm not telling you to protect yourself and to protect your family. Can I get an amen? Um, you know, you, you want to, you want to uh, be wise, you know, as serpents, harmless as doves, all of these things. I'm not saying that, you don't, that right isn't right and wrong isn't wrong. You don't take a stand for what you believe. But what I, what I am saying is that um, the, the people who are hurting and victimizing and who are operating in lawlessness, how I many know oh, they need Jesus? Um, and they need the love of God. And it's not time for our love to grow cold towards people. You know, um, if your love grows cold towards people, then, then what happens is you, you enter into survival mode. You know, a cold heart is primarily dominated by offense and fear. A cold heart is primarily operated by offense and fear. I mean, you know, if I'm living in a state of fear, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to be allowing love to flow through me. I'm just going to be, because uh, I'm not going to be trusting the Lord, and I'm going to be looking to survive and to take care of myself and to take care of mine. And, um, I mean, you know, that's, that's not really 
um, the, the kingdom is, is, is it ran on fear, right? The kingdom's not ran on offense. The kingdom's not ran on anger. Um, it's actually run on love. And so what, what we want to do is we want to keep, we, we don't want this to happen to us. If, if, if our hearts grow cold and we become just like them, then what happens? You know? We can't be like them. We've got to be different than them. We've got to be bigger than them. You know? And, um, and then not only, not, only, not only that, but like, you know, I mean, you know, legalism doesn't run on love at all. I mean, it's all fear and striving and self-effort. And that's what, the world, that's what the world thinks of Christianity, really. They look at legalism, and then they reject it, which is good. And then they move towards all, this, all these lies, and these lies entrap them like a Venus flytrap, and they, you know, and they embrace delusion, and they're fighting against the very one that can help them and save them from what's hurting them. Uh, love's the only thing that really makes a difference. It's the only thing that's genuine. It's the only thing that's real. Christianity, apart from love, is absolutely one of the most destructive things in the earth. Um, and so what we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want that. We don't want that. And so we want to guard our hearts against a heart-growing cult. Oh, I know what I was going to say earlier. The beautiful thing about the kingdom is this. You're just one repentance away from total change. And when I use the word repentance, don't get caught up on that. How many of the word metanoia? It's the changing of your mind. You know, the beautiful thing about the kingdom is you have everything you need on the inside of you. But, but sometimes as a result of thought processes uh, that are contrary to truth, love can grow cold. How I many it doesn't mean love leaves? How I many it's still in there? You know, you're not, it's not going to leave you. But you're, all your, you're one about face away from breakthrough. You tracking me? What repentance is, is I'm moving in one direction, and I repent, I change the direction, and I move this way. And repentance isn't primarily an action, it's primarily a thought process. When you affect your thought processes, you will affect your actions. And so, the beautiful thing about that is, is we're one moment away from a total turnaround. Always in the kingdom. It's always like that. I don't care what your face. Time and time again, you look through Scripture, it looked like, you know, you know, Moses standing at the Red Sea, you know, Lazarus dead in the tomb, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. You're one moment away from a total and complete breakthrough, amen? And, um, and so even if someone's love has grown cold, how many know there's just one step away from freedom, amen? And let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, because um, if it does, how many know when your heart is cold, it affects the quality um, of your own life. You know, uh, when your heart is, is filled with love and filled with gratitude, man, your, your, your life is good and you're happy. I don't care what you, know, the, what you have, the abundance of things that you have, man. When love's flowing through you, you're, you're in a state of goodness and you become a part of the answer and you, you become a witness in the earth and you don't get caught up in the, the mob mentality. There's a lot of mob mentalities trekking across the earth. Not just one, there's many. And uh, uh, don't get caught up in the mob mentality. Hear God. Follow God. You know, how I many know that the, the, you know, it's a, the kingdom, it's a personal thing, amen? God's going to lead you by His Spirit. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's cool. <laughs> I dare say if everybody's doing it, it's probably stupid. You know what I'm saying? It, you, you know, it's just how things are. You know, what, generally speaking, what's popular is not the kingdom. Uh, we, we are counterculture, you know, pretty much always while we're here. Now, there'll come a time when it won't be like that. 
and we'll be the majority, you know, once all this thing wraps up. But right now, we're the minority, and, and we, we, we take a stand against these things. And so don't allow a mob mentality to rob you of the leading of the Spirit and hearing God for yourself. Amen. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. And so this word fervent gives a sense of intensity and hotness, the opposite of coldness. And, and he says, above all things. So he's like, this is really important. Your love is super important. Now, once again, uh, and we have to be careful not to fall back into uh, old ways of thinking. I'm not, I'm not presenting a message that's demanding love from you. Very important to understand that. Uh, the, the, the new covenant um, is never... It's never a demand. It's always a supply. Grace always blesses you first, gives to you first. Amen? And so, so as I'm sharing this, don't allow that to come on you. Because that's actually not, that's not what's happening. First uh, John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. So important. So if someone's love has grown cold, they need to receive love. They don't need to generate it. just need to receive it. And um, because in the receiving of it, it'll turn into an overflow, and then you'll be empowered to love your enemies. You'll be empowered to love yourself. You'll be empowered to love your spouse and your children and your community and people that agree with you and people that don't agree with you. See, love is not really displayed or tested with the people that agree with you. Love is displayed and tested with the people that don't agree with you. Okay, that's where, that's where agape that's where agape hits the road, you know, where the rubber hits the road in agape. Because agape is not a love that, is de- that, that needs reciprocation to shine. So different. It's, it's, why it's, de- it's why it's divine, it's why it's eternal, it's why it's God. It originates. See, I don't, agape love says, I'll love you whether you love me or not. You know, agape love says, you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you, I'm going to pray for you. You know, I'm going to shine. That's what agape love does, it just shines. And it doesn't need reciprocation. Now, the world's kind of love always needs reciprocation. I love you if you make a certain amount of money, you look a certain way, you're cool enough, you, you know, you're, you're, you're in my political party, um, you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, um, you know what I'm saying, your skin color, you're, you know, you're white, you're black, you're whatever, brown, you know, you're, as long as you are like me, then I will love you. As long as you do what I want then I will love you. That's, that is pretty cheap love to me. You know, that love doesn't mean much. It's not a divine love. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's weak and it fails. It breaks apart like it's brittle, man. But the divine love, the, the love that comes from God, this agape love, it says, I will just love you. And man, whew, I love that place. That's my place, man. That's where I want to live. That's the good place. And uh, I can't say that I'm always there. You know, I have times when I'm there, and then I have times where the world pulls me out of there, and I get afraid or selfish or whatever, and and you know, then I'm laboring in my own ability, and then it's like all, it's like all, like I'm sweating and I'm blood, sweat, and tears, and it's like, wait a minute, my love grew cold, and I didn't even realize it, I didn't even know, and then it's like, and then I'll just have a few things happen. I don't know how I get back into the place of love. It's probably just the Lord just snatching me. And helping me out. But when I get back to that warm, beautiful place of love, it's like I'm happy again. And, 
And life is, uh, not that I was, you know, super sad over here, but I wasn't functioning the way I'm really created to function. And then I get back to that sweet spot of love, and like, people's anger and offense can't touch me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and their fear and their control, and I just, I'm just like, free. There's a freedom in, in love, man, that doesn't come anywhere else. And... um it's just awesome. And then I get back to that place and it's like, oh, how did I leave this place? And usually I get back to that place, honestly, by, I mean, certainly it's receiving love from God and time spent with God, but a lot of it, many times it's just giving. You know, it's just giving, you know, and I'm not just talking about giving to the church or stuff like that. I'm just talking about like giving of myself, like just giving, you know, just giving popsicles out at a baseball game or giving just, just, just like, just blessing. No strings. Be blessed. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, I get back to that place again. And it's like, oh, this is, this is living, you know? And that's what God has for you um, in the times that we're living in. I mean, oh, God wants um, lovers, you know? And I don't, and I say that in the context, you know, not of, you know, relationship or I just God wants his lovers out there making a difference you know letting somebody in front of you in traffic you know you know what I'm saying I mean like you know and and and, and not getting mad when somebody cuts you off and 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 um just giving to people and blessing people and opening doors and 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 carrying yourself just different you know um how many I mean a love will make you different you know, you just, you walk different, you look different, but, but people see it, and they recognize it, and they want it, you know, I know that when I'm in this place, um, people are just drawn to me, you know, um, they're just, they just kind of, you know, especially little, especially kids, man, little kids, man, they just, they just like, they're just like, they, they just sense something, you know, and, um, and how, you know, when they're drawn to you, you point them to Jesus, amen, um, but it's a, it's a good place, it's a beautiful place, and it's a place that God has for us. And he says in his passage, he says, above all things, above everything else, have fervent love um, for one another. Because it's going to protect your heart, it's going to keep you in a place of peace, and it's going to uh, keep you as a preservative, as salt and light in the earth. And then it goes on and says, love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, um, that... Well, Jeremiah, why would we want to cover sin? Don't we want to expose sin? Why would we want to cover it? Hmm. I'm just going to ask you, what do you think? Why? Yeah, go ahead. You can love the sin right out of them. It's good. Good. It's good. It's good. It's good. That's good. Hold on. Let me expand on that real quick. So I know we got several. I'm because I want to. I want to take time and also want to make sure everybody's heard too. So can I throw this mic to you? Are you ready? And then just good job. Thank you. Because I want to make sure people can hear online too. But um, what Bambi said is that love uh, will bring deliverance to someone. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying there's not a time to point out. Um, there's there, there's a time to there's a time to point out. Like if someone's doing something really destructive and really hurtful, and they're not changing, how many of there's a time to point that out? 
How many know that's love? But really, that's in the context of believers, not unbelievers. It's not really our job to point out what's wrong in the unbelievers. Now, what they're doing is wrong, and we preach the gospel. And there's the, because how I many know the Spirit of God is there to convict the world of the sin of unbelief in Jesus? And so there is a place where people need to recognize that what they're doing is wrong. Um, and there is a place of, of, of repentance. Um, but I'm not saying that, that there's not. But there's something about love that sets people free faster than a pointed finger. Which is, I think, what Bambi's sharing there. Um, I know that love's the only thing that changed me. Because, uh, you know... Punishment couldn't change me. You know, reward couldn't change me. Fear, I mean, fear of punishment. Police couldn't change. The only thing that changed me was Jesus Christ. And Him loving me and not stopping. <laughs> and, and that is what actually brought freedom into my life. And how many know that it's the same in other people's lives too, man? Especially with young people, man. I just, with the young people, I just, just, just loving them, man. Just loving them, just loving them, just loving them, just being around them, spending time with them, loving them. They want to become better. They want to become who God created them to be in the presence of love. You know? But if I spent all my time pointing out what was wrong with them, that's the only thing that I did, they really wouldn't change. And they really wouldn't even want to be around me. And so there's a time, and I'm not saying there's not a time to correct. There is a definitely a time to correct. But as a whole, what Bambi's sharing, you, you know, you cover someone in love, man, and it'll, it'll draw that nasty sin out. Kelly, what, what were you going to share? Oh, yeah. Well, love that covers creates a safe harbor, and often people who are in sin, they're already in abusive spaces. So when the pointing finger of religion mm-hmm. begins to just beat down, beat down, beat down, it, yeah. only, it only drives them away further. But if they know you're a safe harbor like these kids, Come on. right? And just like you were saying yesterday, I had kids kept coming up to me at the farmer's market going, mm. What's your name? I love it. What's your name? And, yeah. the, and exactly what you said mm. is like they're, they're drawn to Jesus That's because right. Jesus is love. Mm-hmm. He didn't go pointing back down. He pointed to the Pharisees yeah. and said, you know, yeah. but he, to, the, to those, the madman of the Gadarenes, yeah. you know, the woman at the well, mm-hmm. he was a safe harbor. safe harbor. And so they felt safe to then release and confess and say, oh, I feel safe now. I can let this go. So good. Boy, that's so good. That's all. Safe place. Safe place. Safe place. You know, and I find myself doing that a lot with the kids on, 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 on social media and stuff like that. Like, I just see them and, you know, I've seen some of these kids grow up and there's some kids, man, I just, my heart breaks for these kids. Like, I love these kids. I just want to snatch them up and just hug them. But I can't <laughs> because all this dumb stuff that's going on that's preventing me from doing that. Um, I'm, you know, the, the whole pandemic stuff. But, but, what I do is I don't sit there and point out what's wrong with them. I point out what's right. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? And, and that love is an inroad into their hearts. What and one more thing, yeah, too, please. I think, and this is applicable as parents, and there are times that I get critical, and I own it. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. But I know okay. that that doesn't help him. That's right. You know, that doesn't, if I say you're doing this wrong and this wrong, that doesn't help him. Come on. He just wants to rebel against yeah. that. Yeah. Same with him, you know. Yeah. But I own it as a parent. 
And I'm like, okay, that's the spirit yes. of religion and judgment, and that's not going to help him. And so I go and I say, I'm sorry. Yes. Too, and I don't that's know. So I just felt led to say that no, as no, well. No, that's so good. As a parent, that walking in that same love that covers. Yeah. And so when I do something like I wash his stuff, saying you suck and you need to wash your laundry, like you were saying about your kids, that will help you in life. True. Here, I invite him, like you said, love invites, Mm -hmm. judgment demands. Then I say, here, let me empower you. Let me show you how to do the laundry instead of being critical. Anyways. No, no, that's so good. (laughs) I I actually had something like that happen here recently. I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, we were at dinner. And, um, and, and, uh, Ethan had said something that I didn't like and, you know, I didn't like the tone and all that. And I started correcting him and, and then I, I started over correcting him. And, uh, and the reason, and at the time I was just correcting him, but, but I realized the reason I was overcorrecting him is, uh, is I was afraid that I didn't want him to go the wrong way and walk down the wrong road and all that stuff. And so my fear brought me into a place of overcorrecting him and he was upset and I was upset and he went upstairs and, and, uh, and, but then it was like my, but then here comes love and it's, you know, and it was like my love for him is bigger than this moment of rebellion. And I went upstairs and, uh, I just push past everything because he's mad at me and I'm mad at him or was mad at him. And I just pick, I just grabbed him off of the bed and just picked him up and embraced him and put my arms around him and just let, and just, and, and just let him know how the reason. And I just told him, I said, I probably, I'll overcorrect you because I'm just scared. I haven't corrected you enough. Sometimes it's a doubt in the back of my mind that I deal with, but I love you so much. And I just, and, and I just pour, and I just told him everything that I believed about him like from my heart, and we both just cried, <laughs> and we held, you know, we hugged, and it was like this awesome moment, but um, it was just exactly what you're talking about, and that moment of love, and me looking at a bigger picture of how much I care about you, rather than these small things you've been doing that's been really bugging me, was more powerful than a thousand hours of grounding or or, or whatever, you know, and it was just a moment where love reached up and overrode everything and just covered it. And uh, out of that place, there's, you know, w- we were both changed in that moment, you know, so that's so good. Uh, Brian, did you have something, please? So I think we go back to the original sin when Adam and Eve sinned, right? Yeah. When they sinned, and then God came into the garden to fellowship with them. Yeah. What did he do? Did he expose their sin? Valid point. Yeah. Covered. They were hiding from him. Yeah. His first words to them were, where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not to push away or to expose. It's good. And then what else did the Lord do? When they, when they told them their condemnation, when they expressed their condemnation, yeah. were naked. Yeah. Lord's like, who told you you were naked? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then what did the Lord do? Yeah. To treat their sin. To treat Good. what happened. He created a covering for them. Yes, he did. Fast forward to, I, to Abraham and Isaac. God's yeah. about to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. Abraham prophesies. He's, he says, for God himself shall provide a sacrifice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? Did Jesus demand all of humanity to, to confess 
before he laid down his life mm. for us all, mm. before the blood of Jesus was poured out for all of humanity? Mm-hmm. Did God require everyone to confess everything they've ever done? Mm-hmm. Did God make everyone to be exposed? No. He covered it with That's his good. blood, and he provided a sacrifice. That's good. And mercy triumphs over judgment. That's good. And when we, see, when we correct people, mm-hmm. it's all about motive of the heart. If you yeah. come from a place of mercy mm-hmm. and it come from a place of what, because usually when we misstep is when we're offended or in fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're trying to correct from that place. When you, from that when, place, yeah, that's good. When man. you say something out of fear mm-hmm. or offense, mm-hmm. condemnation is going to come out your mouth. It's good. It's good, man. When you're motivated by love. Yeah. Redemption's going to come out your mouth. Man, that's good. That's excellent. Yeah. So when you see someone struggling, you see, like you come to him with compassion, just like you know, uh, was it Exodus? What's that scripture? Uh, Exodus 30, 34, The one where the Lord is all these wonderful things that the Lord are that He's gracious and compassionate. First thing the Lord, t- the Bible tells us about who God is. Yeah. God is love. He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. That's good. It's good, man. And what we've been programmed by growing up in this fallen world is that people are changed through in fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of parenting that happens is nothing more than just intimidation. Sure. That's so true, man. Yeah. It's not true, pure correction. And the intimidation eventually wears off. Yeah. Because eventually your kids will be bigger and stronger than you. Well, <laughs> well, what ha- well, well the, I'm, I'm starting to get all that. What does the word say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What does the word say? Do not provoke your children unto wrath. Unto wrath. Yeah. And when you use intimidation in fear, yeah. and you use the tactics of the world to try to correct their behavior, yeah. their heart's going to be hardened. Sure. And they're sure. and it's going to produce wrath in them. It's not going to produce righteousness. Yeah. yeah, it's good, man. That's a good word. It's a really good word. And so, so, so let's we've we've laid out the why. Love covers a multitude in the importance of it. And let's, let's bring it back into our personal lives, in the world that we live in. Um, in the midst of all the lawlessness, in the midst of all the craziness that's going on, God said, above all things, have fervent love, right? And love covers a multitude. Now, what, what I want to be careful to convey is Scripture, one thing Scripture never does is it never... I mean, you know, Scripture says, this is right, this is wrong. You know what I'm saying? In the major stuff, there's all kinds of areas of gray. So, love never compromises right and wrong. But, but what love does do is it says there, there, there's freedom and deliverance, you know, from sin and from failure and, and, and all of these things. And so, there's, you know, there are some very wrong things that are happening in our nation, and we need to take a stand against these things. Don't relinquish your stance against things that are wrong, okay? Um, but at the same time, we need to make sure that, we're, that love's what's leading us. You know, when Brian was talking about love uh, brings redemption, even in its correction, it brings redemption. You follow me? And there are some people, they're not ready to hear what they're doing is wrong. But they need to be loved so that they can have a safe harbor, like Kelly was sharing, and a safe place so that that splinter can be pulled out of them. Are you all tracking me? And here's the thing. If, 
if the, the world can't have agape love, only we can. Now they can receive, they can get born again. Everyone's one step away from being born again. So what happens when the church's love grows cold? Well, it's, it's chaos on earth. Our love is, get, there's going to be, a, and, and one of the reasons I think the church's love has grown cold is because we didn't think God loved us. And we thought that we weren't good enough and we had to, you know, all that legalism trap. And so this, this re- reformation of grace is a birthing point for love to be unleashed in the earth. Who is this king of glory? You know, lift up your everlasting gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. How many of y'all Jesus wants to walk through you into the world that you're living in? Amen? I'm talking about your daily life. The people that you are around on a regular basis. Amen? And, um, and, and when, when, when Jesus walks through you, it looks like love. Amen? And, and Jesus is going around. He, 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 you, know, you know, another great example is the woman caught in the act of adultery. He did not. He never denied that what she did was wrong. I mean, it's wrong. You know, he knew that. She knew that. Everybody knew that. But he, he covered her and gave her a safe place to be set free. Y'all tracking me here? He did, man, because that's just what he does. Because he loves so much. Um, and so let's turn to, to Jude chapter 1. And so in, in keeping, so we recognize the importance of it. We recognize, you know, of, of, of keeping fervent love. Um, we recognize that. We see the importance of it. And so now the, the, the question is, how, how do we break that ice off of our hearts? How do we, how do we step away from that? Now, uh, the, 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 the initial and primary thing, and really most important thing, um, is forgiveness. And it begins um, in forgiveness to you. You know, this is key because every, everything else is birthed out of this place. Um, be, because in order to love someone who's not worthy, if you, in order to love someone who is your enemy or you don't agree with, how many know that in order for you to do that, you have to really forgive their ignorance and their humanity and their shortcomings in the midst of it? All the time. And so you should be a fountain of forgiveness. Now, you can't be a fountain of forgiveness if you don't understand that you are forgiven. Okay, and this is where we come back to the gospel. And I know we, we hit this all the time, but it's so important to understand. A, a Christian that does not believe that they're forgiven and believes that, that God's against them, agape love's not going to successfully flow through them because they've not actually experienced agape love. Because you can't experience love until you've received, until you understand that you've been completely forgiven. Amen? And so I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I just want to hit it for just a moment. I mean, Jesus did a great job on the cross. And as, as we're sitting here, you know, those of you that are here, those of you that are watching online, if you've received Jesus, you're forgiven. Okay? Past, present, and future, you're living in a state of eternal forgiveness. Your forgiveness is, um, has now become an identity for you. Jesus has become your righteousness. So we receive this eternal forgiveness. It's powerful. And now, how I many you know God has called me to forgive everyone that wrongs me? Every single person that wrongs me, I am called to forgive. Always. And as long as I will continue to allow that forgiveness to flow through me, how many know that I'm going to keep my heart free from offense? Amen. How many know forgiveness 
to you and through you is going to prevent you from being offended or hurt or bitter. I have forgiven all the people that hurt me. And I didn't do it for them. I did it for me. (laughs) And any of y'all that's been through some hell, you know that. Um, Amen. Now, it's good for them too. I mean, it's good for them because it, it allows an element of redemption to come into their lives. Now, you don't do it in your own strength. And, and once again, and I say this all the time too, it doesn't mean you're going to restore fellowship with that person. I have people in my family that I've forgiven that I'm just not going to be around unless the Lord tells me otherwise. You know what I'm saying? i got other people from my past that I've forgiven that I'm not trying to be around. You know? I mean, praise God. You know? You, and and uh, love does not mean, you're, you know, we're, we're called to love everyone. We're not called to be in fellowship with everyone. That's a very important thing because your, your own value and worth Understanding that will prevent you from casting your pearls to swine. And I'm not calling anybody a pig. I'm just saying some people act like a pig. You know what I'm saying? They do. And so, you know, but you, we, want to, we want forgiveness to flow. Amen? And, and, and we want to keep our hearts free um, from offense. So that's the beginning place is forgiveness. Understanding you're forgiven and understanding you're called to forgive. You don't forgive with your own strength. You forgive with the same forgiveness that came into your life. The beauty of being such a, such a sinner and, and failure as myself is I recognize how much grace and mercy that I've needed, so it's been easier for me to forgive because I know what an idiot I've been. Amen. Um, for those of you that haven't maybe been as big an idiot as I have been, <laughs> um, maybe a little bit more difficult, but here's the thing. Without Jesus, we, neither one of us were going to heaven. The law is an equalizer. There's no greater or lesser sinner. We were all dead without Christ. And so that forgiveness point is the initial place of keeping your love hot, okay? And then receiving love from God. How many know that forgiveness sets the stage for you to understand how much you're loved? Amen? And so you need to hear a fresh I love you from God all the time. In fact, a sermon that's preached from a grace perspective, there should be I love you from God peppered throughout the sermon. Really should, because the I love you is more important than the wisdom that's given. The I love you is more important than the wisdom is given. See, if you have a, a sermon that's filled with only wisdom and instruction and no love, it'll condemn you. Even though the wisdom is spot on. Even though the instruction is spot on. If there's no love in it, then uh, you'll just feel like you can't measure up and you won't be able to do it. Are you all tracking me here? And so preaching from a grace perspective is always the, I love you. I love you. You tracking me? So you've got to drink that in. But then... Um, the, the next thing that, that will real, really help you, keep you in the love of God, Jude chapter 1, verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Um, praying in the Spirit will, will build you up, you know, and will, will, uh, will, will, when you're, see, because your nature is love. Can I get an amen? Okay, your nature is love, but how many know your spirit's not always the controlling force in your life? What are you tracking? We talk about Jeremiah. I mean, your spirit's a constant. It's righteous. It's love. It's one with God, and your spirit has a desire to love. But how many know your mind is not always spiritually minded? Sometimes we get carnally minded, you know. And when I'm carnally minded, I'm not. I'm not making decisions based upon my spirit. I'm making decisions based upon the carnal mind. Y'all tracking me here? How I many know Christians can be just as carnal as unbelievers? They really can. I mean, we just can, you know. But the beauty of it is, is our salvation is secure in Jesus. But 
But when my spirit is out front, how many of you have times when you're strong in spirit? I mean, you just do. You know, and it doesn't mean that your spirit is necessarily bigger or anything, but, you know, Paul spoke to Timothy and said, stir up the gift that's within you. And, and I know that when I, when I spend time praying in the spirit, when I spend time in worship, when I, you know, the Bible says, be ye continually filled. See, the filling of the Spirit is not a one-time good deal. You're to be continually filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? That means that when you spend time with God in His Spirit, your, your, your spirit man is going to come out front, and it's going to be easier for you to be Spirit-led rather than being carnally-led or carnally-minded. Y'all tracking me on all this? And so time spent uh, in one of these things is talking about praying in the Spirit. You're building yourself up in your most holy faith, keeping yourself in the love of God. You know, even if you spend, spend an extended time maybe praying, I mean, it's really good for you, man. Your, your thought, you know, you're, you're, you're just more inclined uh, to be led by love. And this is one of the ways, this is one of the ways that, um, that you can stir yourself up and you can kind of break that ice off of your heart um, is praying in the Spirit. It's a very powerful gift and uh, just being in the presence of God. I mean, how many of y'all enjoyed the presence of God? Here lately, man, on Sunday, the presence of the Lord has been so strong in here that it's like, just it's so good. It's like, oh gosh, I need this, <laughs> you know. And uh, I even said that really loud tonight, and kind of embarrassed myself a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that was really loud, Jeremiah. I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> Did y'all hear me say that? It was so loud. I was like, dang, bro. Um, but because uh, we need it, you know. And 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 and, how, and, and I'll say the same thing. How many of the adverse is, is the same? How many? If you spend a lot of time around anger. And angry people, it'll stir up anger. You know, and that's, that's really where you got to be careful some of the music that you listen to. You know, like when I work out, man, I li- sometimes I like to listen to um, just some, some heart. You know, I'm, I'm not listening to Hosanna all the time when I'm working out, you know. And, uh, and that's okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the righteousness of God, I'll listen to what I want to listen to. But I also have to be careful that I don't feed on something that's going to bring me into a state of mind that's contrary to the kingdom. And I can remember a time when I was listening to a bunch of angry music, you know, and, um, and, and I started becoming angry, you know, surprise, you know. And I was like, what's wrong with me, you know, but then I, I traced it back to the music I was listening to. <clears throat> this music, which, you know, like, it, it's, 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 it's cool because it's like, I don't know, it just, it's, I don't know how to, how to say it, but... Um, but what it was doing was <clears throat> it was depositing that anger into my mind, which was causing me to be angry. And I mean, I don't need that. <clears throat> How many of music can do that? <clears throat> How many of music can deposit lust in somebody? It can deposit anger. Um, it can deposit fear. It can deposit rebellion. You have to be real careful. And so you can spend time in atmospheres that will try to affect you, right? How many of the world's like that? You know? You ever just, I mean, you know, just being in the world. But this, this gift and the presence of God, talking about being filled with the Spirit, you know, praying in the Spirit and being in a place of worship, um, it'll, it'll help bring you back to where you belong and allow uh, that love to, to come to the forefront. Amen? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and just talking about just, just really stirring up love. And so... You know, it, you know, and if you're in a place and you know, you're watching online or you're here and, and you know, your heart has grown cold, there's a way out, man. You can break out of that ice. You know, number one, receive forgiveness. 
Number two, receive the love of God. Number three, spend time in God's presence. Spend time around you know, with the Lord, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but then this next thing, too, um, is, is something that really helps us with love. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And, and what this is, and let me read this to you out of Amplify because I think it, it, it clarifies a little bit better. It says, Let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. <clears throat> what that means is, I see you walking in love, and it makes me want to walk in love. Amen? And, and uh, how many you know that love can have a domino effect wherever it's at? Um, when you when you when you see people walking in love, it you know it, it stirs us up to walk in love. Just some of the testimony, you know, like when Kelly shared that, you know, that revelation, that testimony, you know, just about parenting and stuff. It actually it, it, it pricked one inside of me as well, and and like we can we can stir each other up uh, to love, you know, just like you can people can be stirred up to anger and people can be you know stirred up to be afraid. People can also be stirred up to love. And, and this is where um, our good works shine and our good deeds shine. And I know your good works and your good deeds don't earn anything from God. I know they don't make you more righteous or more blessed. But, you know, love does something. Amen. Talks about in the book of James. You know, you can love in word all day long, but I mean, if you, love is in deed and in truth. <clears throat> love does something. Amen. And, um, and, 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 and you, so we never know the domino effect we have in people's lives. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Here's someone's angry at you. And instead of you responding in anger, a soft answer turns away wrath. And so in, instead of me retaliating with anger, I come with a soft answer. How many know that pushes a domino over in their heart? And how many know that may cause them to, to walk in love and push over a domino in someone else's heart and domino in someone else's heart. I mean, you know, that's how the anger and violence and mob, all the crazy stuff that's, that's going on in our nation, I mean, you know, it's been a domino effect. You know, it has, you know. And, um, um, you know, and, and I denounce all injustice. You know, there's injustice on both sides of the field. So don't, you know, you can't pick one side. You know, everybody's doing something stupid. You know? And, but... I say all that to say that just like anger can, and, and injustice can, can topple over and have impact, the same is true for love. And, so, and, and, you know, and that, can, that can happen in your home. Um, that can happen in your workplace. You know, I can remember I was, you know, uh, before I went into full-time ministry, I was uh, uh, managing a restaurant. And, um, the one that, yeah, and the one that I came from was really successful and did really well. And then I, had to go, I went to a new one. And it was awful. It was just a horrible place to work. Everybody was mad. Everybody was angry. And uh, it was just a, not a great place, you know. And, um, and so I just started loving people there. And, man, they would bite and devour and bite and devour. and bite. But when you respond with love, respond with love, respond with love, slowly it started to change that toxic work environment into a great work environment. And that, that story rose to the top and all their numbers uh, and, and it wasn't because of my managing ability. It wasn't because of my leadership. 
it was just because of the love that God had placed on the inside of me and just continuing to love people. Because every time someone takes a bite out of you and instead of anger, they get love, a seed is sown into their hearts. And for unbelievers, it's a seed of salvation. For believers, it's inciting them and stirring them up for love. Y'all tracking me here? And so um, we have, there's an element of responsibility that, that we have to, to keep our hearts from, going, from growing cold. You know? Um, a, a, a cold heart's not making a difference in the world, and a cold heart's also not happy. Amen? And so the way that we do, number one, you know, re- making sure we're receiving forgiveness, making sure that we know God loves us, spending time with Him and in His presence, and, uh, and then acting, doing. Amen? Uh, being, being kind, you know? I, that's something that's just been in my heart so much here lately. And, uh, you know, in, in a world that's, you know, angry and mean, sometimes the most revolutionary thing you can do is just be kind. And man, I, I've been using my kindness like a light here lately. You know, just I'm I've just been in kindness mode, and and kindness shocks people in the world that we live in today. They're just when you're kind, they're like they're, it's like they're they're going through the the motions of their life, and they're just doing their thing. And all of a sudden, you're kind, and they just stop and like, who are you? Where are you from? You know, and you know, and and, and in that moment. You don't have to throw your Jesus t-shirt at them. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have to pelt them with Scripture. Just be kind. Just shine the light. You know? And, 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 and now there is a time to, to, to lead somebody to the Lord. There is a time to give someone Scripture. There is a time to pray for somebody. There is. But, but let it be organic. Let it be spirit-led. Let it be... But, but be, be just... Just let's be different, you know. Let's be kind. Let's care about people. Let's watch over people. Let's let's um. It, it, it's a good life. Did you have something, Dan? Yeah, please. Let's get Dan the mic. Yes, come on, Dan. It's good. Make people believe that they are important. Yes, sir. Try to know their name and not just say. Hey, buddy. Yeah. That name ain't no buddy. Yeah. Come on, man. Try to know people's name. Yeah. And mention they, mention that, <laughs> because they really wants to be, wants to be noticed. Come on. And to and to feel important. Come on, man. Even even if they are not so. Uh, does not have a real good job. Make them feel in, make them feel important. It doesn't not depend upon your job status or Come how on. much you make. Make them feel important. Try to know their name. Come on, Dan. That's a good word. Try brother. to know their name. That's a good word. Because that's so good, Dan. Because one of the things I think that 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 kind of the mob mentalities and certain movements do is they seek to devalue other people, um, you know, because you don't agree with me politically, you're not valuable, you know, because, because you do this or you do that or your skin color is this, you're not valuable. And folks, that's not the way God operates. God found value in us when we were fallen, when we were, you know, when we were, when we were what we were. He, he saw value in us. And that's what love does. Love values um, the individual, 
you know? And, uh, but the only way we're going to be able to successfully value other people is if we know our own value. You know, when you know your own value and in, 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 in the Lord and, and know His love, then, man, you can just, if you can just look at somebody and care about them, that's the way I try to operate in ministry. Man, if I just care about somebody, if I can care about them, then what I have to say will help them. But if, but if, because that's my, if I just get the love, get my love into it, get my heart into it, then, then, then ministry is automatic. Um, but it, but that, that, that's a real key point. Just valuing people and being different and standing out and keeping your, keeping your love hot. Stir up, stay stirred up. Amen. And, 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 um, there's an element of, we, I mean, you know, we stir each other up, you know, that's what the scripture is talking about. It says we, we stir, we simulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Amen. That's in, Amen. And, and it's just a better life. It's a better life lived. Now, now here, let me say this quickly. In legalism, it's done from a place of unworthiness and servitude. Like, I'm serving you because I'm so awful and I'm so bad and I'm so, so horrible. And so everything that someone does in legalism, it's actually not love. Um, they're, they're demeaning themselves in trying to get loved or get approval or get right with God or be blessed. So every action is still very selfish. Y'all tracking me on that? That's a hair-splitting moment, but it's so big, man. But when I know that I'm loved by God, whether I help you or love you or not, and I know I'm the righteousness of God apart from my behavior, then, man, I, I'm, the stage is set where I can let love flow through me and I don't need you to receive it in order for me to feel valuable. I don't need you to reciprocate it in order for me to feel valuable. I've got something inside of me that's generating love that's stronger than your approval. And you know what that does? That brings me into a state of freedom. Like, I'm free. And then life becomes fun. Y'all tracking me here? When you're walking in love, life's fun. The simplest mundane activity becomes just... just Beautiful and exciting and fun because you're living on the give. You're living to be a blessing, amen. And and um, you're you're and and here's the thing, you're you're being set free from fear. That that's really one. Of, that's one of the primary elements of this whole thing is freedom from fear. Because when love's coming to you and through you, fear can't stay. Fear will try to come, but it can't stay. You tracking me? Because because it, it's pushed out, and it leaves, amen. The only way to live fearless in the days that we're living in is love. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Perfect love drives out fear. And so, this, above all things, have fervent love amongst each other. Don't get offended. Don't allow your heart to grow cold. Amen? And if you're watching this or you're here and your heart has grown cold, man, we got, we got, we got a moment here where, where the Lord's going to help us. Amen? And the Lord's going to bless us. And so um, I just want to pray for us. So, Father, we just thank you that, uh, Lord, we, we, we don't want to be the many whose hearts grow cold as a result of lawlessness. And, Lord, you, you put your finger on this because you love us and you don't want us to just survive. You want us to live in these times. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you that, that you just break that ice today, Lord, by your Spirit. You know, give us a fresh palate. Give us a fresh day, fresh moment. And let that love inside of us get big and strong and hot and powerful. Uh, let it be an inferno, Lord, that burns up fear, that burns up pride, that burns up self. 
And Lord, let us be these doors that Jesus walks through in the everyday mundane life that we live. Let us be the door that Jesus walks through into our workplace, into our family, into our children. Help us, Lord, to, to, um, to, to just let love flow. And Lord, I just thank you that by your Spirit, you unction us on little things we can do, Lord, to, to good deeds and good things that we can do. And let these be actions of love, not actions of justification. Lord, we're already justified. We're already the righteousness of God. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, if anybody's watching and they're not saved and they're just just happened to bump in here. And, and Lord, I just thank you. I just speak to that person. Listen, if you're watching this and you don't, you've not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, just call upon His name. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is the Son of God. He is raised from the dead. He died for your sins. He is, he's, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's not trying to take life away from you. He's trying to give you life. I promise you, the true Christian life is exciting and fun. It's not, uh, free, it's not bondage, and it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a real relationship. So I just uh, I implore you, now, today, is the day of salvation. And I thank you. Thank you for that, Father. I just lift everybody up and speak a, a blessing over them in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Um, and then I just want to say, anybody watching online, if, if you have prayer requests, um, please feel free to message us and, and we, will, we would love to pray for you and, and to help you any way that we can and kind of partner with you. Um, so with that, um, if you need to give an all this morning, we'll get one to you. Just lift up your hand and just want to say thank you um, to everybody that partners with us uh, in ministry. Um, if you guys want to give online, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and you can partner with us and we're thankful in a time when Churches are, you know, closing left and right, and, and, uh, and you know, we, we're seeing, you know, ministries shut down. Uh, we're not, and it's because of people like you that give and support us, and we're thankful for that, and we just want to say thank you. So uh, we, lift up, we lift that up, and Lord, we just ask you to bless this offering uh, in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen.